welcome to Flashback Friday. We have uh, a Sundance flashback from 2020, y'all. Uh, the director is Sarah Colangelo, and the film is Worth, which is streaming today on Netflix. Yeah, and as a side note, we ran our asses off to get to this interview, <laughs> just Literally. to pull the curtain back. We yeah. were in between interviews and watching movies. We had just finished watching this movie, and we had in to a, run. In a theater, in a theater, yeah. And we're sweating. It's snow out, and we're sweating getting to this interview from the theater to the hotel. We got kind of lost. You saw someone famous. I did not. Who was it? I saw a few people. I saw, uh, uh, now I forget, it. Carrie Brownstein from Portlandia, who is beautiful, this little thing with bright red lipstick in the hallway. And then um, Tim Daly, who show wing uh, in person. Yeah. So but I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Many distractions along the way, but we made it to the interview and she was lovely. The film was heavy, to put it lightly. And it's timely, I guess, because 9-11, the 20th anniversary of 9-11 is coming up, which, which is, is crazy. a weird thing to grapple with. <laughs> yeah. Amongst all the other shit that's going on in the world. I'm going to read the description of the film because we're not going to do it justice if we try to do this off the cuff. So it's in the wake of the September 11th attacks, a lawyer faces an emotional reckoning as he attempts to put a dollar value on the lives lost. And it's based on real events. And uh, Michael Keaton, Stanley Tucci and Amy Ryan are just some of the actors that you'll see in this film. But again, it's streaming today, starting today on um, Netflix. So I'm, I'm glad I'm glad there is a place for it finally to be seen. Right. And uh, just so you know, as a side note for Bitch Talk, uh, starting September, we are going to be paring down to two episodes a week because nobody in the podcast world does three episodes a week. And we were like, why are we running ourselves to the ground? So we're still going to bring you great content. We're just going to cut it down to two a week. So you're still going to have plenty to listen to. And we have over 600 episodes. If you want to listen to some old ones, we have some real gems and, and uh, some of the oldies. <laughs> yeah. So you're not going to run out of content. We're just going to have a little more mental stability <laughs> mm -hmm. and give you two episodes a week. So <laughs> the episode that we're dropping is like the easiest one to drop, which is flashback Fridays. And we'll do them every occasion. We'll do them on occasion. But for the most part, we're going to be giving you, a, you know, a bitch in an interview a week. A basic. A, I like a bitch in an interview. Once a week. <laughs> That's our new tagline. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, I was going to say really quickly on that note, and we're going to start off the month of September pretty big with Joel McHale. So um, if you're not already subscribed to our podcast, please subscribe so you can get it first. Crazy. Yeah. So enjoy this interview and watch Worth and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind the scenes videos and two minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. We're sitting down with Sarah Colangelo, director of the film Worth, yes. uh, which Aaron and I just saw, and we're still kind of reeling from, from it. So uh, I, I want to give you a chance to describe the film to our listeners. Sure. Um, 
Worth is about um, the 9-11 Victim Compensation Fund, which was a fund that the U.S. government created um, with the help of um, Ken Feinberg and Camille Byros. And um, what they did was dole out money to um, victims and victims' families um, in the aftermath of 9-11. And it was just a, a really tricky situation because they had to put dollars and cents um, to people's lives. And it's something really sort of uncomfortable and kind of bizarre, if you think about it, um, in doing that. And, um, you know, the story is really about one man's journey, Ken, uh, Ken Feinberg, and, and his sort of um, the transformation, um, you know, from kind of cynical lawyer who thinks he's figured out, you know, he has this formula down and, um, and can do this job and, and, you know, kind of his journey to kind of an open, more open hearted person and someone who, um, really goes through the process of listening to people's stories and, and really kind of, um, reaching out to people. So. And how did this film fall into your lap? Um, I got the script, um, about it. I'm trying to think maybe a year and a half ago mm-hmm. um, and Michael Keaton was already attached. And so, you know, it was very attractive for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge, you know, I was a huge Mi- Michael Keaton fan mm-hmm. and, um, you know, really jumped at the prospect of working with him. And I just really love the story. It was, you know, it's a nine 11 story, but um, it's a, a topic that I had no knowledge of. So I thought that it would be really interesting for the public to, to, you know, to, to hear the story and and uh, know a little bit more about how this fun worked and, and how difficult it was um but yeah I, I was really interested in the fact that you know there's sort of a matter of factness with you know in calculating these numbers kind of colliding with the heartbreak um you know and and the emotional plight of these people and I was like ah oh, this could be really interesting to just see how these two things sort of the tension between these two things on, on screen could be really interesting Right. And, and um, when it starts off, I, I get that when he's teaching and, and talking about that kind of work, because I guess and if you're in that kind of work, you have to remove yourself a little bit from it. Um, but was Michael. So Michael Keaton was already attached to it. Had he already kind of cast himself as Ken or was that later? Yeah, no, he was cast as Ken and, um, and be, you know, and, and was also a producer, but it was coming from the fact that he really wanted to play Ken Feinberg and ha- had loved the story himself. And, and, um, you know, I flew out to LA, met with him, um, had, you know, had already pitched, um, and, and gotten the, gotten the job. And, and, you know, when we talked, we really, you know, the, the story was really important to both of us. You know, it's a story of sort of human decency and, you know, two sides coming together, across the aisle and, and trying to kind of rebuild um, a country in mourning and, you know, um, and help people. You know, it, it it's a really great example of, of how Democrats and Republicans really work together. Uh, and I hope it's something that we can sort of take some inspiration from. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. And, and at the very least, uh, just that uh, humans aren't a, a business. We, we don't fit into algorithms. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many layers and levels to that. And, you know, who really fits into an algorithm? And I think that you, you really hit that point really hard mm-hmm. with, with the stories of the victims, uh, at least the ones that were highlighted. Did you get a chance to meet any of these, uh, the victims or, or interview any, or, or can you share any of those experiences? Yeah, no, I did. And actually a, f- a few people... <laughs> actually we're actors um weirdly enough and are part of the film and and um you know they really lost they really lost people and it was really interesting to kind of 
hear their stories and kind of listen to them 20 years later and ask them how, how, you know, how are things are different 20 years, you know, 20 years later, has it, has the pain lessened and, you know, it never really goes away. It just kind of, um, you know, you just kind of, you get over it and you create a new normal for yourself, but it never really goes away. And, um, no, people were just really, um, so honest with me and, um, forthright and just open with, you know, the pain that they went through in their own mourning process. And I think it was important for me to have, you know, met, you know, people who dealt with Feinberg and, Mm -hmm. and, and lost, you know, lost people, mostly New Yorkers in that, in that case. But, um, you know, we had a lot of FDNY and, NYPD um, who had SAG cards and were in the movie. <laughs> you know, That's a lot great. of people in that first town hall sequence are just people that, you know, had had even been in some of those town halls and uh, they just it happened it felt, to have SAG cards. It felt real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, um, Stanley Tucci's character, um, can you talk a little bit about that? And um, mm-hmm. is that gentleman still alive and was he a part yes. of this process? He was not really a part of the process. I think, um, you know, one of the producers may have reached out to him kind of early, like years ago when the script was being written. Um, you know, there are various iterations of the script, I think. Um, but Charles Wolf, yes, is a real person who lost his wife. And, you know, Stanley, who's just so fantastic, it was, you know, it's, he, in this particular case, he really didn't want to meet with um, with Charles. He He kind of wanted to keep to the script and not let, um, the real person influence you know him too much sometimes he works that way sometimes he doesn't but in this in this case he kind of wanted to stick to what was on the page and I respected that and I said you know I get it you know you you can also over research and that can hinder you sometimes so I said don't you know don't worry about it and he read articles and you know we had listened to podcasts and you know in which Charles Wolf you know speaks and explains you know his side of the story and so he was definitely like prepared, but he, he didn't meet him in person. And, and it was just so, I don't know if you know the story, but um, Charles Wolf came to our, I didn't know this, but was at our premiere, oh, you know, wow. screening at Eccles and actually oh. got up and it was a really moving You had no moment. idea. Yeah, I had there. no idea. So it was just this really spontaneous um, surprise and people were kind of clapping. Oh, and what did he say? Him. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you remember. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, apparently he, he, had ta- he had tapped Stanley on the back as... At, you know as the movie was starting he said I want want to introduce myself I'm Charles Wolf and then Stanley was just like you know wow um and then when we were all up on stage Stanley said you know Charles Wolf is here I, I really want uh you know everyone to to know that he's right here in the audience and he stood up and it was just really moving um so yeah it, it, it may have a, been better that you didn't know he was there yeah, right. more nervous. <laughs> yeah it was um but it was a really neat moment but um you know I think you know, Charles is like you know, an example of someone that who really kind of advocated for these families and I think helped Ken sort of open up and be a little bit more flexible and kind of understand that, you know, the formulas of years past weren't weren't going to work this time. Mm-hmm. This was a really different case. And um, on, on film, it felt like there was a real connection between the two. Is, is that true in person as well? Probably a little bit less so, you know, um, there was a little bit of dramatic license used for, for that particular relationship, but they know each, I mean, they, they certainly knew each other and Hmm. his website existed and the fact that, you know, the, the fund is fixed and all of that, that really did happen towards the end of the process. So, 
Um, I think they just didn't meet probably so many times in person as mm. they did in the movie. But I think an important thing to, to keep in mind about the story, and it was really powerful how you how you ended, is this is not just a story about the victims' families from 9-11. It, it transcends now to yeah. all of these school shootings that are yeah. happening regularly. And, and this this is a, a new type of work that needs to, to mm-hmm. happen and, and be processed for all of these tragedies that we're having. Yeah. Like their work continues. Right. And I think, especially with, you know, the environment sometimes I think of you know disasters that may happen due to global warming and other Mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. I mean it's interesting to think about how these funds um may continue you know due to these sort of disasters at a huge you know that are kind of on a huge scale and they may not you know Ken himself says I'm not sure a fund like this will ever exist again you know Mm. in U.S. history this was just such a unique and um sort of extraordinarily catastrophic event but you never know, you know, so that's, it, it's certainly an interesting discussion, you know, and, and some people are against these funds and really think that, you know, um, th- these cases should be litigated in court. So it's, it's, I hope, you know, that's an interesting debate as well. So I hope that, uh, that that sort of sparks some, uh, some conversation about that. Yeah. And as, as we wrap up here, what do you want folks to take away from this film? Um, I think, you know, we live in such a, like divisive time right now politically and um you know one thing is that I I do hope that it can inspire us to work together I think it was a really unique moment in which cooperation sort of superseded individualism and panic and um you saw a lot of politicians and you know firefighters um (laughs) plumbers secretaries you know people of all um colors and and walks of life and you know people um in different classes, you know, we're working together. And that was just a beautiful thing to remember. Um, you know, and, and I like to think of the story as, you know, a story about the living. It's, it's really about the survivors of 9-11 and, um, you know, how they moved on. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah. We really love the movie. And, Thanks. And, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for being yeah, here. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks again to Sarah for being on the program. Don't forget that Worth is now streaming on Netflix beginning today. And also to our Sundance 2020 crew. I can't believe it's been almost two years since we uh, got to grace the likes of uh, Park City, Utah. And coming this Wednesday, we are going to welcome none other than Joel McHale onto the program. So be sure to tune in. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.